Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You may not always like his opinion, but you can bet he'll have one. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. President, do you fear a trade war with Canada, sir? Do you fear a trade war with Canada, sir? No, not at all. Why not? They have a tremendous surplus with the United States. Whenever they have a surplus, I have no fear. By the way, virtually every country has a surplus with the United States. We have massive trade deficits. So when we're the country with the deficits, we have no fear. Should we blame the government or blame society? Or should we blame the images on TV? No, right Ah, yeah. Blame Canada. Donald Trump's doing a bit of that, but seems to like us a little bit as well and thinks we're better negotiators than the Americans have been. In the past, everybody has a better deal with the Americans than the Americans have with them, is the president's perspective. Was going to cancel NAFTA, then was talked out of it in phone calls with the president of Mexico and Prime Minister Trudeau. So the word is... We're going to talk about that uh, a little later on the show, and uh, through the weekend, there's going to be a lot of activity on this program this weekend, and a lot of names you'll recognize. The first name you'll recognize is uh, that of Kevin O'Leary. Mr. O'Leary was, I don't need to tell you, he was was going to be the one who would challenge Justin Trudeau for the prime minister's job in 2019. That's what he told us when he entered the race. And even prior to the race, he knew that Mr. O'Leary was... Keenly interested in getting into this. And then uh, a couple of days ago, we found out, uh, and much of the country was surprised, that Kevin O'Leary has decided that this is not the the route he's going to uh, follow. And it has to do with, if not Canada, it has to do with Quebec. Mr. O'Leary, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. And in our first conversation, you expressed no concern about uh, being able to reach Quebec voters who you were confident would choose Kevin O'Leary in 2019, or at least give you a good percentage of the, of the vote. What happened? Well, you know, I'm a numbers guy, and um, in, in business and certainly in politics, I like to use analytics. And so let me tell you what I started doing. Most campaigns, when they do polling, um, will use data sets of 1,500 to 2,500 people, and that yields a margin of error of 2.5%. So in a close race, in my opinion, that's useless data because for Bernier and I, in most provinces, we were 1% to 2 to 3% between each other. So that's useless data for me. I decided to step it up a notch and start sampling eight to 9,000 at a time, which yields a margin of error of 0.9, so very, very useful data. And what I learned was very interesting. Um, I was leading Max in most jurisdictions between at par in places like British Columbia, in other words, neck and neck in B.C., but as much as 4% in places like um, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and I was beating him in Ontario by at least 2%. And he knew it. My problem, and so I, I actually got to a place where I knew I was going to win with the high statistical error in the 7th to 13th 
because not only did my polling give me first ballot support, I looked at the data for second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, because, you know, that's what I am. I'm a numbers guy. Here's what dogged me, and here was the ultimate dilemma, and I'll share it with you now. I made the assumption, obviously incorrectly, that because I was born in Montreal, I could probably count on 20% of Quebec. Not an unreasonable assumption in my view, and I was trying to learn French, etc. And, you know, maybe that was optimistic, but within, you know, 17 to 20. But I never polled better than 12, and in recent polls, 11. So here was the dilemma I faced. Could I go in good conscience and win the leadership, knowing with certainty that my probability of getting 30 seats in Quebec was extremely low? Because if you do the math, and this is, again, I'm being a numbers guy, we have 12 seats there now, okay? If I'd had 20% support, I would have kept those. That would have been a good analogy. I didn't have that. I had 11. So I have to, I have to add another 30 seats to the additional 12 to make it a contest with Trudeau. And how was I going to get there? That was the question. Now, you could say maybe a black swan event, maybe I should be more optimistic, but I wanted to see a path because sitting in front of me in my office is the war room with a riding map in it. I could see the path in every other jurisdiction in Canada I'd be Trudeau, but I had to figure out Quebec. And people would say, well, what about in 2011 when Harper won a majority mandate and only got, he got seven seats in Quebec? Here's what happened then, and this was the killer for me. Some of you will remember Jack Layton, the charismatic NDP. He captured the hearts and minds of Quebecers that I've never seen before. It was a unique Black Swan event. And then for Harper's luck, just from randomly this occurs, the Bloc carries the other half of the province, basically neutering Quebec from the federal election. There was no support for liberals or conservatives. It was all split between Layton, or the, the lion's share between Layton's and the Bloc. And the Bloc. That's how Harper snuck through. That's like flipping a coin in Quebec and having it land on its side. The truth about Quebec is it is an extremely powerful political force because I call it the Florida of Canada. Those 78 seats have historically decided elections over and over and over again in federal contests. So I had to have a plan. Now, I tried out several things. One of them was I called one of Maxime's guys because I knew the whole team and we'd been in touch during the whole you know, we were neck and neck. We were competitive, but friendly competitive. I liked his policies, obviously, with the majority of them I supported. I called one of his stat, stat guys who I got to know and said, look, is there any chance Max would consider stepping down and campaign for me in Quebec? Because he knows he's going to lose. And that was a bold move, but worth doing, because what's, you could say no, but I just thought he, he's got the same data I have. He's, his team was polling. The same way I was, big data sets, he knew exactly where I stood. And I was hoping he'd consider that. He called me back and said, that's not going to happen. Not because I wouldn't consider it, because that is not going to be the way to win 40 seats in Quebec. You have to have a leader to get those seats. There hasn't been, you know, a, a federal win since Diefenbaker, in a non-French-speaking person. I, I said, that's true, but Max, if you help me campaign, maybe you could solve that problem. So that, that avenue wasn't available to me. And then Max said, look, Kevin, you're going to have one hell of a night's sleep. You're going to have to make a decision 
like this. How selfish are you? Are you going to take this leadership win knowing your probability of winning against Trudeau is very low because of your problem in getting the numbers? Or are you going to do the right thing for the party? That was what I had to face. So I started calling around to some of my advisors and asking what they thought, including, you know, MPs, caucus, etc., who also knew the numbers. Everybody knew the numbers. It was really down to, do I do this for myself or do I do it for the sake of the party? Because if I fold my support into Max, and here's the thing you need to know. In my data, it told me that over 50% of the people that voted for me had Bernier for number two on my ballot. So the power I had as a kingmaker was extreme. If I gave my support to Bernier and he only got 21% of my people, he would be guaranteed a win. Now ask yourself this question of all the candidates out there, all of them, and they're all fine men and women, every one of them. Which one of them has the highest probability of winning 30 new seats in Quebec? Because that is the number. That is the number. You want to take down Trudeau? you got to bifurcate his support in Quebec. You have to get half. Let me take a a quick break, and we'll come back. We'll talk more with uh, Kevin O'Leary. And I have some questions for Mr. O'Leary about Quebec and about the dynamics of an election campaign and what's going to be happening going forward. Maxim Bernier is going to be one of our guests on the show tomorrow. It's Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. My guest is Kevin O'Leary. Back after this. If you're looking for real-life radio, you've come to the right place. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm on Twitter at The Roy Green Show, at The Roy Green Show, and emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Do we still have We do have Kevin O'Leary with us. It looked like the line had disappeared. Mr. O'Leary decided a couple of days ago, or at least Canada found out a couple of days ago, that he's not going to be following through and pursuing the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada and thereafter uh, leading the party in the 2019 federal election against Justin Trudeau, and whoever the NDP decide will be their leader. Mr. O'Leary, I have just a few minutes. I wanted to hear exactly, I want to give you as much time as you wanted and needed to tell us why you weren't running. I have some questions to ask you now. Given the fact of an election campaign and how dynamics can change dramatically, don't you think there would have been opportunity for you to gain traction in Quebec Increase your traction in the rest of the country, uh, depending on what happened during the election. If, if Justin Trudeau misstepped badly, that would have been an opportunity for you. I certainly looked at that, and I didn't have to worry about gaining more traction in the rest of the country. I had it. I had fantastic support. So I really focused on the potential outcomes of what would occur in Quebec. And I went back and looked at the data, as I always do, grinding through the 2011 results. And so what I had to make the assumption... And, and the best of the rest of the party and some of the caucus had to make this assumption, too, is could we put a probability on how large the NDB could get in Quebec? Because I don't think the bloc is going to be a factor. Because right now, Trudeau is immensely popular in Quebec. He owns that province. So he would have to have an erosion of about 65% of his support some of that would have to go to the NDP, okay. and the, the rest would have to come to us. The likelihood of that with Kevin O'Leary's leadership 
is low. Now, I'm not saying that I couldn't have done it. It's not impossible. And selfishly, I kind of got myself thinking, I'll I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll learn how to speak French. I'll be able to debate him in 15 months. But there was a ton of risk in that assumption, because if we didn't get a big, strong, charismatic leader in the NDP there, and we were just facing Trudeau alone, I think he would have smoked me there. And we, we have to ask yourself, what, what other options are there? You know, this, I make these decisions every day in financial markets. What, what's the risk assessment? Yeah, no, I, I understand. I do have to ask you some other questions, though. What about the other contenders in the party? How did they feel about it? What's their reaction to Kevin O'Leary deciding he's not going to run? And deliver his support to Maxime Bernier. I would imagine Mr. Bernier is pretty happy. Well, it had, I had all their data, too. I was polling for I, my polls. I included them all. So I knew exactly where Shear stood, where O'Toole was, where Kelly was. Wow. They were so far behind. Bernier and I had, in some jurisdictions, 64% of the vote between us. So you have little doubt that Max Bernier is going to be the leader of the Conservative Party? I just made him the leader. The probability that he doesn't win is less than 2%. And he's going to get it. I can tell you he will get it somewhere between the 4th and 7th ballot. Will you be running in 2019? And uh, have you had conversations with Mr. Bernier about that? You know, I told Max, because we had a very, very late night um, 48 hours ago. We were up till very late in the morning. I said, look, Max, there's three steps here. A, we've got to get, a, get out the vote, because I, I sold 35,336 votes or members. We have to combine our teams and go get all of so He had 30,000, so 60,000 ballots out there. We've got to get those people to vote. That's number one. Otherwise, I just wasted this effort with you. Number two, you have to figure out how to get 30 seats in Quebec, and I have to find a way to get you 40% of the people between the ages of 18 and 35 to vote for the Conservative Party. Those two things come together in the next 15 months, we beat Trudeau. I will do anything in my power to beat Trudeau, anything. Does, I'm, that I'm not mean, does, does that mean you would consider running, or have you decided to run? It will be Max's run? decision. The caucus and Max will decide. Right now, my biggest value for the Conservative Party is twofold. Getting young people to come and listen to the Conservative Party. We've never had a member that could get a thousand students out to university like Queens or UBC, which I can do. And this new role that's emerged in the last week, which is remarkable, I've become a spokesperson for Canada on American network television in the trade war discussions and the renegotiation of NAFTA. In a strange, bizarre twist of fate on Tuesday, NBC called me to New York for a one-hour discussion in an international broadcast to represent Canada right beside Minister Freeland. What a weird outcome that was. That's pretty strange. It now, was, now, do, do, do I understand, though, correctly, and I'm looking at the clock, but do I understand correctly that if Maxime Bernier and if the party says to you, we want you to run in 2019, we need you to be part of the team, a visible part of the team, will you do it? You know, I talked with yes, King on Freeland right here in my home riding of Rosedale, Crombie was the last conservative ever got any traction here, but it's real. Uh, my, uh, I said all options are open. I would love to take her. Uh, it would be a fantastic contest. I'm sure she'd enjoy it. I have a lot of respect for her, by the way. We're on other sides of the political spectrum, but we both fought for Canada uh, on Tuesday, and it was a remarkable outcome because we didn't know we were going to be on together. But she's, she, we made, we both made the same point. So, you know, all things in politics can be very strange, but. As can, you know, country first. That's for both of us. Now, but who are you, who I, you're talking about? Because the line went wonky there. Who are you talking about? 
I was talking about Minister Freeland and I okay. pounding the table for Canada on network television in the U.S. Country first, we said to each other, let's leave our political differences aside. And that's what happened. But, you know, as far as I, I told Max, keep all options open. What do you want me to do? I don't want to waste the time and effort and money I put into this and not see, and see Trudeau continue in a second mandate. I'm going to do everything in my power to get rid of him. I've read some reports. I've heard some reports. You probably have as well. But people on the left of the spectrum, and you attack them pretty vigorously, they're now laughing and accusing you of saying no mas before the bell for the first round sounded. What do you say to them? Listen, there's always going to be critics. I guide myself with the data and the probability of winning and beating Trudeau. The whole party is united that way. Many, many caucus members have said to me, you did the unselfish thing. You did the right thing. You took a huge hit in the press for it, but you've increased the probability that the party will beat Trudeau by 50%. They have the data, too. We are going to kick Trudeau out of Ottawa. That's the goal. Now, does this hurt? Are you kidding? I like to win, but I have to have a path to success. I have to know I have a high probability to get there. Yeah. If you know the numbers don't stack in your favor, you have to realign yourselves to get those numbers to work for you. With Bernier, the probability of winning a majority mandate increases double because he can get 30 new I, I get. Back. I get the fact that you're a numbers guy. Now, somebody also asked, and I have to ask you this, what happens to the memberships or the money that people dedicated to your campaign to run for the leadership of the Conservative Party? What happens with that? They have one goal, too. They want to win. They want a majority mandate. I mean, they ask themselves, is it Matt Evan O'Leary that wins the majority mandate or Max Bernier? Let's remember, for this party, I did two things remarkable. I got the press to start following the race, number one. Number two, I sold 35,000 young people, the majority under the age of 35. And I'll add a third to it. I cleaned up the polling process. There's no fraudulent votes anymore in Mr. O'Leary, I have, to, I have to stop you because the, the sound, the, the audio has become, it's almost impossible to understand you. But I do thank you for taking the time to speak to us today after that huge decision you made earlier in the week. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. There's Kevin O'Leary. Too bad with the mobile phones, you get that techno racket going on. But anyway, now you've heard the uh, expansive explaining by Kevin O'Leary about the decisions that he's made to not run for the leadership of Canada, or the uh, Conservative Party of Canada. 1-800-263-2428 is my number. 1-800-263-2428 is the number. Now, with O'Leary out, is Trudeau destined to remain in in 2019. With O'Leary out, will Trudeau win in 2019, or can one of the other conservative leadership candidates pull it off? 800-263-2428, and what's your opinion of what Kevin O'Leary just shared with us?